MGO Podcast 14.20. We're talking a lot about the Indiana game and some hockey stuff, and there's a very brief segment about Nebraska. <laughs> you can't blame us. Come on. my old age okay i've i just i disconnect more from teams so like i I'm, I'm just like we're here to record a podcast about mostly the basketball team and i just oh well maybe you are i just don't wanna you know i'm just like ah they suck let's move on with our lives but that is not what our sponsors demand of us there we go he finally remembers he does it i'm so proud of you he did it it's like my, my little Brian is growing up. He segued up. all by himself. Our slave driving sponsors. <laughs> did, I, did I ruin it? <laughs> nope. Try again. Two of them appeared in the window already this podcast. Our, our, it's a very our, visual podcast. Our demonic taskmasters <laughs> demand that we do this. So thank you to Underground Printing for making this all possible. Check them out at ugpmichiganapparel.com. Or check out our selection of shirts on the mgoblogstore.com. Let's not forget our associate, Taskmasters. <laughs> Peak Wealth Management, HomeSure Lending, Ticket IQ, Ann Arbor Elder Law, Michigan Law Grad, Human Element, the Phil Klein Insurance Group, and Venue by 4M, where we currently are. All right, so, so same. Why do you disconnect? Because it's like. So if we'd scored on the last drive, would you be disconnected? You'd be like, no. We, See, we drive? He, he, he's a football season. guy. Yeah. Uh, the last possession. I mean, and just like, I'm uh, like now possession. we're supposed to like sit here and ponder deeply the the significance of all of this stuff, and I'm just kind of like, Ugh, I want to talk about hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. Yeah, but nobody like nobody's like, oh yeah, let's that makes sense. Everybody's like, no, I want to talk about the other thing because I don't care about hockey. I'm like, why wouldn't you care about hockey? Hockey's fun. Well, this that's... was my entire college experience, by the way. Well, that you was were, like every conversation I had in college was like, why are you going to the basketball game? Well, nobody – well, people well this is, to that's a totally different yeah. level. <laughs> <laughs> that was – That's a – that's a – like this team is like not great, but – They're not bad. They're not that. Oh. I mean, yeah, they, they'd be in the tournament if they had yeah. about average luck or weren't the Finished worst chokers in the world depending games. on what your point of view is. Yeah. And – but like you can watch them, and they're they can be watchable. They're I mean, some of that like amateur basketball, they would win games. But you're like, man, this isn't overly watchable. No, but so my my philosophy here is kind of like, ah, eh, oh well, let's get them next year, and then but that's well, but not that's, what we're allowed to do. Well, it's what you can do to some extent yeah. because like you start watching the games in November and December, and you're like, well, all right, they're young. Maybe they you know hit a turbo boost, and all of a sudden guys start to click, and that's sort of happened, but not completely. So it's not like you couldn't see this coming. It's not like you couldn't sit there and say, well, let's see, they lost their starting point guard and they don't have many guards and they don't play great defense. And, you know, there's just a lot of little issues like that that have gotten marginally better. And I think the other part of it is that the Big Ten just is blah. That's true. So now they look like, I mean, if Michigan had won last night, they would have been in solo second place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, what? Yeah. 
<laughs> this like I remember four or five years ago, you know, Juwan comes in and late late Beeline era or first Juwan era, first Juwan year. Sorry, his first era was actually <laughs> and, and like I was just like, oh yeah, I'll watch Penn State versus Wisconsin. That might be interesting because the teams were like good. And they were going places, and I just remember watching that game at Breslin this year, and I'm just like, neither of these teams is very good. <laughs> and that's pretty much, like, except for Purdue, and I guess to some extent Indiana. Indiana was one guy. Yeah, but that's a guy. I, they which got is, two guys. Which is, got two guys. They got two guys. <laughs> yeah. And when he was off the court was when Michigan pushed out to a 12-point lead. You mean Hood Shafino? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just hyphenated guys. Yeah, so you have yeah, two hyphenated guys, and then nobody else does anything except when you leave Miller Cop open, which they did twice, and they got away. No, they did it three times, and they got away with it twice. He so. hit one. He hit one out of three. Jet like, yeah. Well, I mean, we always knew that was gonna come. But so there's a lot of like message board chatter where it's like, oh, what are we gonna do with Juwan? It's like you're not gonna do anything with Juwan. Like, no, they're good enough. Like, this is a disappointing year. It's sort of a disappointing roster construction. Um, I, I think this roster was constructed better than last year's, honestly. Well, well it's and different, also like, different kind of players. I don't know how much of what happened in the offseason is really in Juwan's control. Because there's a real simple way to make this easily a tournament team, and that's to take the best player on Illinois yes. and put him <laughs> on this team. Yes. Yeah. And, like, so that's – that's like almost a football topic to talk about. So. But I mean, do you think if we had Santa like a year earlier, would that, would that would have happened? I, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, like I've heard things both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But it just feels like, well, that's not really Juwan's fault. And then Frankie maybe because like once you lock in on a guy, you got to have some sort of vibe for like what he's feeling and like for him to – walk away from the starting point guard job here. So that's that's a point. But I'm interested to see his offseason because didn't he change schools every year in high school and then one year after his freshman year in college? So, like, he's on pace to be at a different place next year, regardless of what his year is. We'll see. I mean, he might not, but that's when, why it's kind of interesting. When you're buying into a recruit, you got to kind of have some sort of projection for how long they're going to be around. And I'm sure that the projection for Frankie Collins was not one year. And I'm sure the f- projection for Jet was not one year, but he's trending towards the top 15 in the draft, and it's like, all right. I mean, he can shoot. Yes, he can. I mean, he can do a lot of things, and the NBA thinks that the things he can't do, he can get better at, which he can. So it's just is like, hey, want to play another year with dad and brother and right. have a good time? So we've heard that you know if he's in the lottery, he's probably gone, despite the fact that his dad's the coach. Now, the one thing that could change that is if like dad's like, hey – I could really use a good year next year. <laughs> Have could we the one the one time I finished? Could we make this work in the top five in the Big Ten? Was the year here's that your didn't NIL completely money, son. count? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's your also hundred million dollars. It's also called allowance, yeah. greatest allowance ever. Um, a bit, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what he wants to do. Uh, I'm hoping. You can have Jace's room. <laughs> So <laughs> poor Jace. But yeah, so you, you go back and you look at sort of the overall state of the program and you're like, okay, this year is really disappointing. You know, they're not so bad that 
you're like, oh, well, I don't see any hope here. And it really depends on how you look at Michigan's fortune in late games that are close. And they're something like a two and a billion when games are five points or less or in overtime. God damn you, Iowa. Um, well, that, that game should never gone to overtime. No, it should not have. So you just have a supremely bad run of luck. Comp- you know, Kind pay- of. Well, it goes both ways, right? So they're 52nd in Ken Palm, which is not what you're, where you want to be. But they lost Llewellyn for the year very early. That, that yes. They've had some very close games that most of them have not gone their way. and Yeah, but they also had a close game with Eastern, and they went to overtime with Ohio. And that's so, true. Like, and? And they lost to Central. And lost to Central. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot a of problems with the roster. But, like, <sighs> I don't think that's luck. Personally, no, no. I mean, I, th- I think there are teams that freeze, and like, so this is one of the points I did kind of want to talk about. Is like, I, I mean, you watched that first half yesterday, at least from an offensive perspective, and there's lulls that you can talk about. But one of the things is like, you know, who's really coming along is Kobe. Like, we've seen that the last few games, and he's really starting to play. He's shooting well, he's getting to the basket, he's making smart decisions, and then he doesn't score in the second half. And like, that's the kind of stuff. Well, that. Like, I mean, you, if you look at those last five minutes, like you have Hunter Dickinson missing a bunny where I think one of his feet is in the restricted circle. Mm-hmm. And then you have Kobe getting downhill late in the shot clock and just missing a layup. Right. But there are also 15 minutes before those five. Yeah. And sort of my point is when you go from a nice piece on a team to becoming one of the reasons the team is really good or is making tournament runs, like you are involved in the game throughout and not just involved but positively impacting it for your team i'm not saying he hasn't done that because he he has in ways but like this is where you go from being that level of a player to all big 10 i mean to to your point they didn't involve him in the first like five minutes of the second half and i was like where's kobe he's the guy who's killing him and then he gets the ball wide open on for a three and turns it down and then drives and and you've got, like, alternating hero ball moments from both Dickinson and Jet. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a possession late in this game where Jet's just like, all right, I'm going to jack up an off-balance 18-footer, and I'm just like, yeah. I know that that is a great option for you relative to most other basketball players, but there's 20 seconds left on the shot clock, bro. Also, this is a not a bad offense. And there you can take that kind of shot, or you can get Dickinson a look inside where – they haven't really checked him all game. Now, he might miss a shot, but and maybe they double him and he passes around. But there are ways to run offense that can get better shots. you know. And, and when Jet's feeling it, okay, fine. But when you need a bucket, that's not really what I want to watch or what I think is the best option. Could it go in? Sure. But that's not the point. Well, so he's, he's a really good isolation scorer. He's a really good pull-up guy. And I just feel like... That's a great option when it's like, all right, we, we didn't get anything off our actions. But too often this season, and this goes for Dickinson as well, it's just been like, all right, I'm putting something up. Yeah. And to Dickinson's credit, he didn't do that in this game. No. Like he got Jackson Davis low in the post a couple times. He got he a had lot. that sweet backside or oh, fake the, yeah. where he's yeah. going to go with his hook shot like, and then reverses back to his right. Like I was like, my goodness. I mean, he really made – Indiana pay for singling him for much of the game and like didn't take an 18 foot jumper or face up. And, you know, I I think if we can, if Dickinson's coming back next year and I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of market for him, 
Sam keeps on kind of suggesting in the NBA because like he's kind of taking a step back. Like if we can get that Dickinson for a full year, then I think yeah he's going to be back to where he was as a sophomore, which is close to All American, and I don't think he's close to All American at all. He's not even All Big Ten this year. It seems like for a lot of hits, it's him. It's more sort of motivation. Yeah, he's got to get his head right. Like I think there's sort of uh, the Quinn Hughes effect where it's like, all right, I'm going to come back. Do I really want to be here? And well, and yeah. I mean, we said that earlier, but I mean, Trace Jackson Davis is the because that's what he he's was. the Indiana comp, he's right? The Indiana comp, and he was like that last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and maybe you come back as a senior and like, all right, this is my legacy, and this yeah. is what I'm going to do. And I think Jace Jackson Davis has done that very well for Indiana. So that's what you're hoping for. Um, and then the other thing is like, they're really getting nothing out of Terrence Williams. <laughs> oh God! And the last I possession. could not understand why they took Terrence Reed out of the game. Because, because you follow him and like, yes, he made five in a row, and he's on a one make streak no, but, right now. But but it doesn't matter. Like he's he had hit some free throws. He's giving you offensive rebounding. He's Ding up Jackson Davis, so you're allowed to move Hunter off, mm-hmm. move Hunter off him, and they're playing two bigs too. And I'm just like, I think it's time to bench Terrence Williams and play Terrace or Joey Baker. Well, and I didn't think that Terrence took a lot of bad shots. I mean, his shots were open. He just didn't make them. I mean, but and that's, that's what's happened now point, for games. At he's like a 28% three-point three shooter. Yeah, and he's not taking mo- mostly. He's not taking contested ones. He's taking open looks no. that you need the I mean, GR3s types to he take. He had a couple nice plays in this game. There was the high post flash in the first half that set up Dickinson for a bucket. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, all right, maybe he's doing all right he had a transition bucket where he saw that no one was stopping the ball Mm -hmm. and then you know just he just falls apart and in the second half the worst part is he's it feels like he's getting out hustled yeah sometimes yeah for for rebounds and and what other times not he had like a tip in where he goes over a guy and doesn't foul him i just he he, goes but he's he has to be one of those he's got to be a he's got to be a lunch pail guy right because of the of his ability right and if he's shooting 28 percent from three I mean, you might as well play Terrace Reed because Terrace Reed brings a lot of other stuff. He brings you, the hustle that you want, Ter- right? And Terrence he's also—I mean, he's—he's he's a help side defender. He he blocks shots. He can he can defend like six foot six guys on the wing. He has that ability. He's well, a he, better dribbler. He picked the ball off. Like maybe this was in the Nebraska game. I can't even remember now. But like he picked—he's checking a guy at the three point line, yeah. knocks the ball away, and comes down with a layup. And you're like, who are you, Kevin Durant? Well, and he had a couple of post moves in this game against Jackson Davis that were like, okay, he missed one yeah. of them. Yeah. But the move itself and the shot was excellent. And I'm, we're just like, okay, there's a lot to work with here. And compared just in terms of like positive events per minute on the floor, like Terrence Williams is below Baker. He's below Terrace Reed. I know there's going to be defensive issues if you're putting Baker in. But I'm going to take the 45% three-point shooting to go with those defensive issues, especially when teams are going to double Hunter Dickinson. Yes. How much have they actually used Baker as a four this year? I, I, can't I mean, at that point, you're probably can't. playing Jed as the four, and he's probably getting worked. I'm but, just saying, I haven't think but like, they've been playing that lineup at all. But, like, there's certain guys that you're going to want Reed in for, and there's certain guys where you can get away with the smaller lineup. Yeah. And I, you know, I think either of those is a better way to go because, I mean, Williams Ter- is just struggling. Where Williams kind of reminds me just of Michigan season where there are things, there are times when you really see him pop and there are times when you see him either, you know, get to the basket or get a rebound or do things you don't, you don't generally notice in box scores. 
And then there are times when he just literally disappears and you like forget he's on the floor. And that was the Kobe thing I was bringing up earlier is too much throughout the earlier part of the season. You know, he'd end up with eight to 12 points, which is fine. But when he wasn't getting those particular points, you didn't necessarily see him on the court with the ball or impacting play. And then he'd pop up again and get a bucket. And so the Kobe thing is he started to become more fluid throughout the game. And that's the thing with Williams is you like you see, oh, that was a nice play. This was a nice play. Well, what happens in between those plays? Well, I'm just kind of there. Yeah, and, and it's a little worse than that because he kind of sticks out as like the victim of various other plays. Like wow. watching Jordan Geronimo play, it's like, okay, that's what Terrence needs to be. And Ger- Geronimo's a jumping jack, so Williams is never going to be able to do that. But just in terms of like those are the kinds of things he needs to do to warrant the playing time he's getting. and. Just not happening. I mean, just get in there and muck it up. Geronimo is so great at, like, his facial expressions every time he gets touched. <laughs> yeah. are, are, like, that's the kind of thing that Reed, that, 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 like, sorry, not Reed, that Williams needs to be doing. Like, his ability is not such that he can be a major impact guy if he's not putting it all on the I mean, floor. he's supposed to be the lunch pail guy, and we're not getting very many lunch pail plays. From we him. just really wanted him to be Jason Tate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good player. And no, it's fine. I mean, I don't know how good he was throughout his career. I think his last year or two, he was pretty impactful. Yeah. But, like, now we're sort of reaching that. And wasn't there all the buzz about Williams wanting to transfer when Frankie was going to transfer? Yeah. And- I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, part of it is, like, this team is not really set up that well for junkyard dog guys. Because when you launch a pull-up 18-footer without <laughs> much structure in the offense, there's not much of an opportunity to go get an offensive rebound. Because nobody's helping off like there's the there's probably no one even underneath the basket at that point and it's just like all right the the structure of the offense does not lend itself to those like sort of kobe assist kind of things that's the thing that jack come back and realize all right i can take and make these but when is the time to do that and a lot of that is just learning yeah i mean that he, about the game he set up dickinson for a dunk on a nice drive where he's like all right i'm not gonna put this up like the playmaking isn't completely absent there, but I think the the balance... I mean, he's a young player, right? Yeah. It's, it's an immaturity in his game, and I think he will adapt and improve in that regard. Because watching Indiana play, it was extremely remarkable how many easy attempts they got Jackson Davis, right? Well, like, there, there's another talking point there, but sure. But, like, we haven't seen opposing bigs really get the free buckets that Jackson Davis was getting. They have a ton of lobs in their their game. And I know that's not going to be Dickinson's strength, but just in terms of like how many Dickinson buckets are helped by other guys on the team drawing attention. And then you can dump it off to Dickinson where it's not just like, okay, this is a straight post up from the perimeter where I'm not, my feet aren't in the paint when I touch the ball. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like, this is a like if Xavier Simpson was on this team as a senior. I mean, yeah, Hunter Dickinson would be getting layups. And of, it would be the Jordan Morgan, Darius right. Morris here. Exactly. Like if you had that kind of point guard on this team, it just changes everything. And, and that's not Doug's fault because no, Doug's a freshman point guard. Yeah, and and he's been. Well, I don't know how you really been, want to classify. He's been okay. He's shot better until last night from three. From two, he's just. From two, he's, he's just, just – there's there's no – I mean, he comes down on that breakaway or semi-breakaway with somebody else, and he gets fouled. And I was just like, yes. And people around are like, oh, come on. And I'm just kind of like, 
look, he's never making this. Like if, if him and I are sprinting step for step and we both go up, I'm going to block his shot. And that's a bold claim. <laughs> not really. He's like shorter than Alex. I, he, I mean, he went for a teardrop when he had a layup. Because well, he didn't have a layup he, because he's so small and he can't. He thinks he's going to get blocked. He's never going to do that. I mean, there was a but time when he's got, when he's, Simpson was like that. Like, he just yeah. could never finish. But he's also dragging Jackson Davis to him. And so the decision there is like, oh, I'm going to try a tough two instead of thinking, Trace Jackson Davis is trying to block my shot. Give it to Hunter Dickinson. Well, yeah, I don't think that was the the breakaway. Well, the, but, but, the, but it's but not the yes, breakaway. I know but, what you mean. Yes. So there's that play where he's he's putting up a, a very difficult runner, and it's because he's worried about getting the shot blocked, and he's not at the point where it's like, oh, my shot might get blocked. I have an opportunity here. Yeah. And that's something that will probably get better next year, and it probably won't be until he's a junior that he'll be really locked in like that. But for the love of God, keep this guy on the the roster because you can see the potential <laughs> yeah there's there's super deficit. fast in the second half they i mean they avoided putting him on hood shafino because of the size mismatch but in the second half they went with it and he was getting over screens he was harassing hood shafino he has really good upside as a defensive point guard because he's so quick and there was a significant part of that second half where hood shafino really wasn't doing a whole lot and that was when doug was on it so i kind of feel like he's a, he's a good building block and he just I just want Michigan – I keep saying this on every podcast. I want Michigan to have the same point guard for two goddamn years in a row. It's, it's the senior quarterback against Ohio State thing that you yeah. said for a long time. So this is where you bring in Xavier Simpson this summer and you teach Doug when you're this small, this is how you become a really good defender. <laughs> this is, is all the little things I've done. Is, is X still playing? Can we, where is he? Is he in he's probably – if he he's not, junior? he's transitioning to be a coach because that's basically – Half of what he was when he was here, too. I mean, I would I would hire that guy in a second. Well, I mean, Jerron Simmons, right? He's on the bench. Yeah, I mean. Lakeland Magic of the NBA G League. He's in the Oh, G wow. League. Well, I mean, so that's still. I mean, he's probably not getting a, too many NBA call-ups if Derek Walton isn't. But well, there's, I mean, a, there's a YouTube posted yesterday. Xavier Simpson's best plays of the season so far. It's probably his, like, <laughs> super fan. The, the little box I can see right now yeah. is, is, of course, a... Uh, a hook shot. A hook shot. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a surprise. <laughs> so the other thing that we do need to talk about is, holy cow, the pick and roll defense. Now, I wish Craig was here because, well, maybe not because he would explode and go crazy. But, like, weren't four of their first five baskets or three of their first four baskets were just pick and roll dumps for layups yeah. and dunks? I don't get a rotate over. Uh, Williams does rotate on one and gets, like, the world's worst blocking call. Like, they got... They got an and one on that, and then Michigan had – was it a Williams bucket or a race on a guy who was – like Renault was definitely still moving. Well, yeah, that, yeah that's on the – Very frustrating was... in a one-point game to have both those block charge goals go the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, there's – They've got to just – I don't know what it is. I mean, and it's tough because Hood Shafino's pull-up game is so strong, so you want to go challenge that, but then it's just like – well. You can't give up a layup. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Is like if I'm Michigan, I'm just like, all right, if he goes off from 15 feet, okay. I mean, that's what Cassius Winston did, right? That's why he killed Michigan is because they could defend that, and then he just hit those shots. Yeah. But are there guys that can do that? Like Cassius Winston was great at that sort of thing. I just wonder, is there another guy that I've seen Michigan defend consistently in the last I don't know how long that could do that? Because I don't know. I just wonder if that's actually a good shot. Like, well, we all dump on two point jumpers is like not a good shot. Well, but, you do. But if it's if you have that elbow jumper and nobody's contesting it, 
I think it's what is it's your a points per thing. possession? It's a hundred percent a height thing. Well, and no, the reason just, why it looks good against Michigan for years is Doug McDaniel, Xavier Simpson. Well, no, no, he does this to everybody. He's six foot six. It's, yeah. it doesn't really matter. No, but uh, that's the thing. Out. A guy who's six foot six who's got that part of the game, it's but a decent it's shot. customized to each individual person. And there are people that I mean, like I grew up shooting mid range jumpers. I didn't grow up shooting threes. But like, I, so people I, who can do that and practice that. Zach Irvin, by the time he was a senior, I mean, if you left him open from 8 or 10, it was buckets. So I just wonder, like, is that a shot that you're like, fine, you could have it? Cause, well, if the other option is a layup, yes. But, I mean, if, if there's a better way to defend, say, both things, and you can come up with a way that you don't give someone I mean, a wide-open look. In the preview, I was like, they're just going to have to let this guy shoot because – Hunter Dickinson does not have the ability to check up on that and then get back. Yeah. And then (laughs) I was correct about half of that. Uh, I mean, maybe the the thing is is the two bigs scenario, right? Like in that situation, they did that for a little bit, and maybe Terrace can do that a little better than Hunter. And I mean, so against Indiana, maybe that's your matchup. Honestly, yeah, because then you have him coming as help defense, and you're like, okay. The other thing is, is Indiana plays like three forty percent three point shooters all the time, so it's really hard to help off of them. Yep. There's no Terrence Williams out there where you're like, yeah, you can have it. <laughs> Poor Terrence Williams. I mean, it's true though. I, I know, I know. I just at this point, he's he's a guy that you can leave with impunity, and that's fine. And there was nobody out there for Indiana that was like that, especially with Race Thompson sitting. So they were. And well, you definitely can't leave Miller Cop. No, you can't leave Cop. You can't leave Tamar Bates, who's a forty percent three point shooter. You can't leave Hood Shafino, who's a thirty nine percent three point shooter. And you can't leave whoever whoever else it was, who's a forty one percent three point shooter. So it's pretty nice. Means you're probably good offense. Yeah, probably. We spent too much time on this basketball game. We're gonna take a break. Come back and talk about another basketball game, probably briefly. Want the perfect game day outfit? Underground Printing has unique, great-fitting U of M apparel and officially licensed apparel from legendary Michigan names like Woodson, Howard, Eufer, and more. UGP also specializes in custom printed apparel and promotional items for groups, events, and businesses. Whether you need one shirt as a gift or 1,000 shirts for a charity walk, Underground can customize almost anything for groups large or small. To learn more, visit Underground Printing in one of our three convenient locations around Ann Arbor or online at undergroundshirts.com. It's painless. It's online. It's group ordering made easy for your next custom printed apparel order. Pogo from Underground Printing will save you time and hassle. Whether you're selling shirts for a fundraiser, organizing a large event, trying to collect sizes and payments for a family reunion, or, you know, ordering a whole bunch of shirts with your Kickstarter, Underground Printing is here to help. Save time and hassle every step of the way with their easy-to-use site. No more guessing what to order, chasing people down to pay, wasting time trying to sort out the order. They'll set it up. You can just sit back and relax. They'll even take care of individual shipping. To learn more about Pogo, visit them at any of their convenient locations or at pogo.undergroundshirt.com. At Peak Wealth, we believe we can help you retire with confidence. It's Nick Hopwood, Certified Financial Planner from Peak Wealth Management in Plymouth. I graduated from Michigan in 2001 with an econ degree and founded Peak Wealth Management in 2014. Now we have over $240 million of assets under management. As a freshman in 97, winning the national championship in football and hockey didn't get any better than that. Both my wife and I lived in Bursley that year, and it's crazy because we never actually met while living in the same dorm. Probably because she had a car and I had to ride the bus. But we named our dog Bursley anyway, and he's on the payroll here at Peak Wealth Management. At Peak, we're fee-based. We're your fiduciary, which means everything we 
recommend is always in your best interest. We partner with leading institutional money managers, focus on low fees, and make sure every client has a financial plan covering retirement, college, tax, estate, insurance, and cash flow. Simply put, we are Peak Wealth Management, your comprehensive financial coach. Book your second opinion at peakwm.com slash mgoblog. Peak Wealth Management. Retire with confidence. Hey, so I have like insurance and stuff, but I don't really like know what's going on with it. Yeah, you- it, your your coverage probably sucks and you're paying way too much for it. And I know this because I had a guy, uh, he's a, uh, his name's Phil Klein. He's actually a Michigan alum and wrestled for Michigan. He okay. looked at my insurance and he was like, yeah, your coverage sucks and you're paying a lot more than you need to for it. I also like, I, I hesitate to even mention this, but I do have my insurance from a company that advertises during college football games. Well, and I wish that was not the case. Well, why don't you just get it from a cool guy who actually like reads them go blog? Well, how would I do that? <laughs> they have a website. They have one of those too. It's philkleininsurance.com. Can you remember the name Phil Klein? Sure. Can you remember insurance? Yes. Okay. Use those two together and you will save money on your insurance and you will actually get better coverage on your home and your auto and they do life too. All right. So you're telling me if I Google Phil Klein insurance, this, this website will come up. Yes. Wonders never cease. On this podcast, Seth either has or will reveal that his child wants another parent. Wants two, two different parents. two different parents. He wants yeah, he the whole coaching staff he wants out of. And I theorize that this is because Seth has never taken his child to venue to get chicken nuggets, which are amazing. He does like chicken nuggets. In fact, he likes like chicken one nuggets. of the three things in the world. He'll eat, he'll eat chicken nuggets, he'll eat pasta with pesto. Okay, that's weird, but they have that here too. Yes. They do. <laughs> so if you do not want your child to disown you, bring them to venue. I have done that, and my child does not want to disown me. It's good stuff. All right, so the Nebraska... Okay, you got to tell me this. <laughs> Do you remember more about this Nebraska basketball game or about the Nebraska football game from this year? Uh, that's tough because I don't really remember anything from either. There you go. <laughs> that is it. And this I remember one t- Mike Morris getting injured on the last play that he had no business being in. Well... Great. That's what I remember from that game. <laughs> That's that we didn't have oh. Mike Morris against Ohio State. No, I, I remember something from the basketball game, and it's that I, I want uh, Casey Tomonaga to transfer to Michigan next year. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you didn't want new point guards. Well, he's, a <laughs> he's, a, he's a shooting guard all yeah. the way. But he's like, a combo guy. That guy's that guy unconscious. And I remember I was doing the preview, and I was writing up this, and I was like, dude, this guy is a different player because he's shooting 75% at the rim this year. And I was like, what? The? He's not even that big. No, he's like 6'2", and he's not much of an athlete, but you saw what happens is that he back cuts you because you've got to be out on him. He runs so hard all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. 
I, I like uh, that was a Robbie Hummel game, and Robbie Hummel's like, this guy is shooting seventy five percent at the rim, and I'm like, Robbie Hummel knows about hoop dash math dot com. <laughs> Or maybe he's just doing synergy. I don't know. You, but you could hang out with him. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would love to hang out with Robbie Hummel. Vice versa, probably you'd be like, no. But yeah, well, Robbie. You're pretty Hummel's famous also. too, Brian. Yeah, well, I'm not Robbie Hummel famous. He was on the three on three Olympic basketball team. Was he really? Yeah, and they oh didn't qualify. God. But <laughs> well, at least he has another career to fall back on. So wait, wait. If Robbie Hummel and Blake Corum are standing next to each other, which one are you talking to? Because they were standing next to each other for a, Blake Corum was at like that at the game and like uh-huh. then got sat there and like talked to him for a little. bit. I couldn't talk to Blake Corum. I'd be like, oh man, you're so great. But I could be like, hey, Robbie Hummel. What are we doing about stats? What are you thinking? I like where you get your stuff. Like I uh, really like I could talk to him. Like uh, we got we got things in common. Like Blake Corm, how do you do the things but you do? Blake Corm so cool. would try to talk you into go doing a tractor pull with him. Really? I don't know. Is I, it, he's I, always I, doing some sort of work. I'd go. Oh, like oh, oh, not like to like go to a monster truck. Not rally. go to it. No, he'd be like, here, come on, we're gonna go pull this tractor. Well, can't you just turn it on and drive it there? Well, yeah, but that's not doing work. I'd pull a tractor. I mean, I'd try to pull a tractor. With Blake Corum? I mean, with Blake Corum, I'd just be You like, wouldn't have to. You'd just hey, like, walk next to him. Uh, nice thighs. <laughs> I'm also helping. <laughs> this is a weird tangent. <laughs> well, we're it's, talking about Nebraska. It's Nebraska segment. <laughs> what do you want? Pretty on point. Hey. All right. Point, Dave. <laughs> but yeah, like, Tominaga, like, he's a dude. And then they don't have anybody else who's a dude. I um, also say this with... With respect, he is good at like the the drawing of the fouls. The uh, the, the oh yeah, the head th- the head throwback. Uh-huh. Kind so of annoying. I hate that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but he's but I he's mean, good at it. But he's, he is really good at it, and it was working for him. And like sometimes you just got to respect the game. So the thing about Nebraska, I don't know. Maybe maybe we don't even need to talk about this. But like, so I've always liked Hoiberg. I thought he did a good job at Iowa State. He did he, a great he, job at Iowa State. He chased the money and went to Chicago, which to some extent you don't really blame him. And then he comes back to Nebraska, and, like, I think he's probably one of the better coaches in the Big Ten, but, like, how good can they actually be? Well, not very. Like, they're, I looked up their... Like, are they, could they, they couldn't consist, they couldn't come close to really getting, like, a first-round bye in the Big Ten tournament. Well, I mean, their problem is that even for Nebraska, like, their roster turnover is ridiculous. So I looked right. at their minutes continuity on Ken Palm when I was doing the preview, and I was like, 249, that sounds terrible. And that's like the best mark under Hoiberg. Yeah. Like they've got a couple of marks around there, and then there's a, bu- a couple other years where they're in the 330s, and it's just hard to build a program like that. Now they're just a feeder school because now this Tomonaga guy could be like, oh, real teams want me. Well, Yeah, well, Alonzo Verge goes and turns himself into like, hey, that's the guy I want on my team, and he's gone a year. They had the McGowans for a while. Right, but they, they for lost. one year. Well, they had yeah. that one good year right where they finished like fourth or fifth in the big 10 yeah and they michigan played them in the tournament and and they were like fighting for there was a there was a year under tim miles where if they did wins both bubble they would have been a nine seed well they made the tournament one of those years did they Uh, i think there was a year they should have made the tournament but they did nit instead i there was the nebraska ball year yeah that's i think that's is that the one about yeah but anyway, Michigan shoots 61% from two in this game and 54% from three. This was the game where the doubles on Hunter Dickinson were actually getting wide open looks. So Jet Howard gets off 14 three-pointers, <laughs> <clears throat> even if a couple of those were forced. few of them were, yeah. 
subpar. But, but even if a couple of those were forced, if Jet Howard's getting off 14 three-pointers, your defense is not doing good job, bad job well, on their, defense. I mean, their defense isn't good. Yeah, but their defense was like 50th nationally, so Michigan was actually able to uh, make it work. I mean, Michigan also finally got their skip pass game down in that game. Like they, well, I think so many times Nebraska they missed the guy on the opposite end of the court, and yeah, it's fine, Nebraska. But that's they played a lot of small teams that where that's been open because teams double off on Hunter all the time. Like I can think of the Penn State game in particular where that guy was open all the time, and they just they would never make the skip pass. This time they were looking for it, and they got, I think, four or five open looks in the first half. I know that um, Kobe Bufkin had two assists in a row on two trips just off that. Yeah, well, that was the game where you're looking at him and you're like, okay, this is his progression is moving along. He didn't have all of the points. He had 13, which is fine, but he also had seven rebounds and five assists. And so you're like, okay, now you're becoming a player that's impacting the game in a number of different ways. And that's really what Michigan needs. They need a guard that's going to be able to control the game. And then you utilize Hunter. I mean, that was when Hunter was at his best his freshman year was when he was, all right, I am the post player that no one can check. So you get the ball to me. When people come, you kick it around. But it's not like, all right, I am the offense. Right. I will do everything. I mean, Nebraska is 343rd at preventing three-pointers. Well, <laughs> so Michigan took and made many. We have we have dis- decoded yeah. the issue. All right, we're going to take a break, come back, and talk some hockey. Hey, it's Nick Hopwood, founder and president at Peak Wealth Management. We have a lot in common. We both went to Michigan. We're both huge fans, but I'm concerned about how much time you're spending on Michigan football recruiting. This could be time spent with me pouring over your cash flow and Roth conversion strategy. How are these Roth conversions going to get done with you spending all your time and energy on MGO Blog looking at the next five-star recruits? Hey, all kidding aside, if you're addicted to MGO Blog and you want to outsource some of your financial planning to an expert, consider us, peakwm.com slash blog. At Peak, we work with people in a variety of situations. Some of our clients are young professionals looking to optimize their savings and investments. For young people, time is the key. Some of our clients are super affluent trying to figure out when they can retire. Some are high net worth retirees looking for a second opinion on how their money's working for them. Get your second opinion at peakwm.com slash mgoblog. Peak Wealth Management. Retire with confidence. The only thing we can be sure of about the future is that it will be absolutely fantastic. I'm thinking of the incredible breakthrough made possible by developments in communications. Arthur C. Clarke's 1964 vision is now reality with SignalWire, a cloud platform that enables developers to build the applications that will reshape the future of communications. These things will make possible a world in which we can be in instant contact with each other, wherever we may be. You can add cutting-edge, real-time video and audio to any product, website, or application with APIs and SDKs for developers of all skill sets. SignalWire is optimized for high quality and low latency communication functionality, for video, voice, and text messaging capabilities. Almost any skill could be made independent of distance. Men will no longer commute. They will communicate. See for yourself at SignalWire.com. Use code 2021 and receive $25 in developer credit. Go to SignalWire.com. SignalWire Communications OGs. Original geeks of programmable communication. Passion for e-commerce. Sell stuff online. Security. Performance. Conversion. Beautiful user experiences. Bella experience. Utilizator. Monthly marketing. PPC SEO. Make your user a customer. Conversion. Arte perfume for online retailers. 
Love your website. Let Human Elements show you how. Available at human-element.com and find department stores, not find department stores. I can't believe I'm doing this. If you find yourself in the penalty box, you want a Michigan man arguing your case, call criminal law attorney and former prosecutor Jonathan Paul tonight. It's 248-924-9458. Or visit his old website at michiganlawgrad.com. It's painless. It's online. It's group ordering made easy for your next custom-printed apparel order. Pogo from Underground Printing will save you time and hassle. Whether you're selling shirts for a fundraiser, organizing a large event, or trying to collect sizes and payment for a family reunion, UGP is here to help. Save time and hassle every step of the way with our easy-to-use site. No more guessing what to order, chasing down people to pay, or wasting time trying to sort out the order. We'll set it up, and you can just sit back and relax. We can even take care of individual shipping. To learn more about Pogo, visit us at any of our convenient locations or at pogo.undergroundshirts.com. Joshua Jagger on a hot mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Moves like Jagger. <laughs> Seth, give me your hottest take. Mike Hart should be moved to the basketball team. All right. <laughs> All right. They, they they need some heart on this basketball team. Okay. <laughs> boo. Uh, boo. <laughs> boo. I think we can all boo them. No, I am, I am clapping. This all is right. good. There, I mean, it's not gonna I mean they're not gonna hold on to these assistants forever. Like yeah. Isley and Stadi and all of them are ready if they haven't already been co- coaches. And then that like solves Jim Harbaugh's problem because he's oversigned on coaches right now. Hmm. So then you can move Jay back to running backs. You can you okay know, put your put Partridge in at linebackers and move Kilo to safety. Whatever you want to do. And then like Mike Hart's gonna be like, all right, when you get a pass, you gotta clamp down on <laughs> five points of contact on the ball. Yes! No, he's gonna no he's he's gonna. Rec- Recruit like 10, 5 foot 8, 205 pounds. <laughs> Avery Queen University. This is your plan for the so basketball. So then we'll have point guards. <laughs> Finally. All right. they, they definitely will not be going anywhere. Uh-huh. Jason, give me your hottest take. Michigan needs a sister gene. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sort we of a totemic. We have no mojo in the universe. We yeah. need. I'm a Jew, and I'm suggesting Sister Jean. <laughs> I don't care who it is. We need a good luck charm somewhere because this entire season is a referendum on a godless, luckless. <laughs> 
universe. So I'm, I'm quite honestly sick of it. We need some, we need the stump from late night at the Apollo. We need something. I don't care what it is, but we need it. And it needs to live somewhere in Chrysler because this is getting tedious, my friends. So how about we get like a, we cut off Tom Izzo's head and we shrink it down. And uh, <laughs> we wear it around our, like somewhat, it's like the turnover chain. Right. Isn't someone that, just wears yeah. it around their neck. Isn't that just what Tom Izzo is? Is some like That's short, true. We don't even need to shrink, shrink it. Just, with a, just, with a head just on get it. his head. On it. Yeah. We don't even just need to cut it off. It. We can just hang Tom Izzo from a chain. From himself. Yes. Just be like, ah, I'm very head. upset about all of this. And you're like, who can tell? Randy, give me your you hottest take. All right. <laughs> Wanting Michigan basketball to win is like asking your kids to do your taxes for you. Yes, they know where the computer is, but in the end, it's going to be terrible and you're going to get audited. <laughs> okay. God. Sometimes you don't predict the future, but I'm just saying, like, we have all the all the pieces that feels like it's the right thing. But in the end, you're just like, it just feels like we're too young to be doing this. <laughs> it just feels like, no, you don't ever want your kids to do your taxes for you because that's a huge mistake. Yeah. So I don't know if we'll ever get older. I don't know if, like, the good players are going to leave when they're really young, but we need to get older. <laughs> yes, sir. Have you had a lot of transfers in your kids? Like, like oh, man, I, I was really I would, hoping to get the 12. Kids, but... I, I've seen kids in other families that I'm like, I wonder when, they, when they're going to hit the transfer board. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like, what it is. Wait, positively or negatively? Like you're trying to bring them on or you're wondering when they're going to leave I their don't current know. situation? This is essentially what adoption is. Adoption is like the, the world's first transfer portal. <laughs> that's what my son threatened us this week, actually. What? Yeah, he's like, I'm getting a new mommy and daddy. I'm I, <laughs> I'm entering the transfer portal. <laughs> I'm going to the portal. He's get, did, you I, said you he's, said, it, son, your cre- your credits won't transfer. That, <laughs> that sounds like more less like a threat and more like they're just he's just informing you. This is what's gonna happen. Like, <laughs> well, to be honest, do I get a draft that's, pick? That's, yeah. Your your nil your nil has not been great. You need to get mm. up to speed. Got to work on it. It's true. <laughs> Dave, give me your hottest take. There should be no more penalties in hockey. Just gang melees with sticks and blades and encouraged headshots. Okay, so because like, that's already what it is. That's oh God. the opposite of what it is. No, you look you're at just a guy allowed funny to do this. A major. Well, I mean, whatever. They just allow everybody to fight. Used, like, no, they used to. You're talking about 1970s hockey. It was exactly what it was. I Mutant mean, league. Their yeah. their lack of control in the Friday night game is what led to what happened in the Friday night game. Yeah. Well, also Michigan got up three nothing, and State was like, "Well, what are we gonna do? Well, right, yeah. it up right now. Right. So why? Dirty it up. I mean, penalties are flip a coin if you get them. Majors are what color sweater are you wearing if you get them. I mean, mm-hmm. this is just what it is. So no more rules. Take, no more so, rules. No, no, this is a refereeing take. This, well, this was sent sure. down from Craig somewhere. <laughs> refereeing. <laughs> he's, he's, he's been calling in ringers for everything today. Yeah. I know, man. All right, here I go. Eric Portillo should be 600 pounds. <laughs> so he just takes up <laughs> yes. the net. Where He's already <laughs> just wedge him in under in the bars. So, so, so his belly co- like covers the five hole? <laughs> well, it's, no, it's just like he's six foot six. <laughs> Thanks for that, Seth. There's a certain like minimum wow. size that you need to be to just be like the sumo goalie who can just sit yeah. there and have a 0.0 goals against average. Like Dylan St. Cyr. Could not pull this off. He's no, too no, small. No. He's too short. Small. He's too short. He just cover up the bottom half of the net. Eric Portillo can be the greatest goalie 
in the history of hockey just by eating a lot of hamburgers. So just inflate him. Yeah. Listen, and at the very least, if he's not a great goalie, you make a show about him on TLC called My 600-Pound Goal. <laughs> I watch that. I watch that. I'd watch that too. <laughs> All day. Right? Who was the, yes. the S&C coach we had? It was just feeding Pat Massey pizzas. Oh, uh, Gittleson. <laughs> Gittleson. We, we got to get Gittleson back. Yeah. Get him on get the on phone. The... He's probably at Bowling Green because that's where all those guys are. Yes. No, they got Tolbert. They have another S&C oh, they t- coach. Yeah. They, it's true that they have a Michigan S&C coach. It's the other one. The I Gittleson mean... diet is perfect. The Gittleson diet does something. Like it. It's just pizzas all the time. And it's pineapples on pizzas. Sorry to bring our uh, off. Yeah, he got, like he made people wake up at midnight to eat a pizza. Yeah, <laughs> so this is this is perfect. That's that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think we don't have time before this year's tournament is a problem. We can't to, we, to fatten him up a little bit. Four hundred pounds. In was this a your month. idea at the beginning? You're like, ooh, Pat Matthews six foot eight. If we turned him into a six hundred pounder, he would be a great DT. Well, no, he'd be a terrible DT, <laughs> but he'd be a great goalie. <laughs> So yes. so I so I have a question for you guys for real. So Michigan beat and played Minnesota pretty straight up in the last series, like with all of our guys there. And you well, know, I mean, it was most of pretty straight up mostly. But I mean, those were two overtime games. We lost one. We won one. They're the best team in in college hockey right now. If Michigan continues to win the way they're winning, or at least split one of the last two series and win the other one. I mean, are we saying they have a legit shot at at winning it this year? Yeah, with but, less expect with less expectations than last year. Yeah, yes. I feel like the expectations might have might have caused some you know nervous play. Well, there times. Like, there, the there were other issues last hockey, year, but you have like a twelve point one percent chance or whatever yeah. it is, to, right? Yeah, to win a single elimination, so it's yeah. it's never. But it's just so many talk, funny bounces. We talked about in in the hockey segment where if. The upcoming hockey. The upcoming, yeah. So this is a spoiler. Now, I guess. Can't wait. So that if you if you if you get decent goaltending out of Portillo and you are and your and your roster's fully loaded and you're not scratching guys that you don't want to, then find me a team that Michigan that you know Michigan can't beat twice or that they can beat Michigan twice as well. Right. Yeah. So and it's like maybe Minnesota and then who? Maybe BU. Maybe Quinnipiac. Yeah. Uh, who maybe. knows about them though? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. they I mean, they'll be in the tournament and they'll have as good a chance to win as anybody else. And I guess that's pretty much all you can ask for in that's the worst awesome. tournament in sports. <laughs> They're going to be playing in Allentown, Pennsylvania, <laughs> most likely again. Oh my god! Well, we're playing here in Allentown. <laughs> we just need to set up like a Michigan camp in Allentown. Well, they just they just need to bid on Toledo every year. Anyway, if you can't get enough scars, hit up their podcast, View from the Cheap Seats. They also have a show on UFC Fight Pass called The Nosebleeds, and they are touring once more, and they will come to your town and entertain you for money. Yep, supersclars.com. We love you guys. This is so much fun. Thank All you. Right. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See you, guys. All right, so Michigan gets most of a sweep against Michigan State, retaining the Iron D for the New- sixth straight year. I knew you were going to start with that. What? I put they got two pictures in my breakdown that of them winning it like three or four years ago because it's the last time we've had a photographer there. Just for you, Brian. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> Thank you. the Iron D from the duel in the D. The it's so dumb. We Sorry, I'm gonna I'm right. gonna rant on this because <laughs> is Mich- it's not like Michigan plays Michigan State like one game. Yeah, like in football, uh-huh. like it's a big deal to win that trophy, uh-huh. right? Yeah, they play four, so you could win. Three of the other ones yeah. lose this one, and you lose the trophy. Well, that doesn't happen. No, well, no, not generally. But theoretically, it's possible. 
Yeah. Well, you have a trophy should... for it should be for the series or it something. It should be no. for the series. Yeah. It should be a fifth game no. for, the, well, for the year. So like, no. no. It, it four is fine. And in this particular case you add the points. No, it's just it's just whatever. It's the iron D. Well, the problem okay, is Brian. That's what it is. Four take. For this one. Huh? Yeah, that is gives true. them a home game for this one. So it's like 50-50 in that stadium. And well, yeah, but that, and that alternates per year. Just came right off. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of sucked that like we're coming off the basketball game. So like Michigan has a whole bunch of fans who are not there because they went to the basketball game. It's oh. actually kind of good because that state's remotely good because now there are people there. Because that game has been relatively empty in years past. Yeah, I took my daughter last year. Oh, did you? Yeah. And... Did you guys have your own section? No, it was it was fairly full, like, and, but it was all Michigan fans. Well, yeah. Well, in any case, uh, Michigan wins four two on Friday and four three in overtime on Saturday, and I think we just have to lead with the obvious idiotic officiating decisions. Well, you can pick a game for that because we see Ethan Edwards get ejected from the Friday game for a hit that is clean. That mm-hmm. does not involve head contact. No. And then we see Mackie Samuskevich get ejected. Not get ejected. We see Mackie Samuskevich take a hit that by any reasonable definition of we have a consistent rule on college hockey this year should result in a five-minute major and an ejection, and they just ignore it. Uh, Michigan State scores a tying goal on what would have been a five-minute Michigan power play. And that changes in two ways. One, it kills basically half the game because there's like, I think, somewhere between nine or ten minutes left. And also, the odds that Michigan doesn't get a power play goal in five minutes are pretty low. And the egregiousness of the hit that Samuskevich took to not make that a major, you can't say that this is a fair whistle. You can't say that Michigan is being treated like they... I I said to Craig, I was like, okay, Michigan needs to find somebody to just cut up all of the hits right. that lead to majors. Just in in Michigan games, you could go back years, but especially this year. And then you need to present it to the Big Ten and say, tell us what the definition of this is. And if there isn't one, okay, but then you're basically telling your hand of like, well, we're just going to call it sometimes and other times we're not. Go look up who the director of officiating is in the Big Ten. It's Steve Piotrowski, but Piotrowski was a good official and did not screw over Michigan when he when he was a uh, referee in the 90s. And anyone who says that he was just doesn't remember Piotrowski. He may was. not have, but he's got to do something now because this is absurd. I mean, it is absurd, but he doesn't, doesn't have to do care. anything. Well, if, if well, that that is probably the biggest understanding of what is going on in either college hockey or in... Well, the whole the, the whole the whole system is a joke. Well, yeah, I mean, we could. That's like a different we, segment. We saw was it Sam escape? Someone took a, an elbow to the head in the Friday game, and that was a two Luke minute. Hughes got two fists or two hands at the end of the game, yeah. right? And it's a two yeah. minute elbowing call, and you're like, okay, why? No, is that th- one wasn't even called. They didn't challenge it. Well, okay, yeah. there was that yeah. that they didn't challenge, but there was also an elbowing call that was oh, made. Oh yeah, yeah. Where it's like, okay, that guy got elbowed in the head. Yeah. That's two minutes. Yeah, here's. A guy getting hit pretty hard, but not getting hit in the head. That's five minutes in ejection. It makes absolutely no sense. Well, in, in the first in the uh, the Friday game, Michigan doesn't challenge it, and everyone's like, "Why are you not challenging it? You have a timeout yeah. at the end of the game." That, and they've done that in the past. Yeah, they've used that timeout in those There's situations. No reason in the not past. to challenge that play. I have right. no idea why they didn't. Except I don't. Then they, they do challenge in this game. It's Clearly a, a headshot of the way they're called. It's like an 85th percentile or 9th percentile headshot the way they've called it this year. And they don't get it, so they lose their timeout. And it's like it, it's so 
it affects the game so much. Well, yeah, it's ridiculous. And there's majors flying out all over the place, and then Michigan so just doesn't get the same whistle everybody else does. The Friday game, we said this on the watch-along, it was two games. It was right. the first period and parts of the second, basically the first half of the game, where Michigan more or less dominated five everything. Five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they killed off penalties. Right. They scored a power play goal. It was clear who the better team was. And then the referees allow all of the post-whistle right. frippery and And you notice in the, in the Saturday game, the first penalty that comes after the play, it's just a Michigan State player giving a light tap to a Michigan player, and he goes to the box for two minutes for roughly. Well, they're both gone. They, no. The fir- on the Saturday oh, okay, okay, game, okay, okay. they did not have matching minors. They did not tolerate any of that yeah. stuff. And so in the Friday game, I mean, they fucked it up. Yeah. Right? Because like, fa- Fantilli just loses it. And he <sighs> should be ejected for that. And, and he probably should be disqualified for Saturday. I don't, I'm not going to sit there. When you watch that replay, as much as I want to see him play and as much as Michigan generally needs him to play, I can't sit there and say that his actions I, I don't I can warrant. say that, yeah, he threw a punch. And, and, mm-hmm. and, he cross-checked a guy in the back. That's, that's two. But and that's so, a cheap shot after the whistle. Yes, yes. And, that's, and then he that's punched true. the guy. Yes, yes. But the thing is you have two different Michigan State players swinging at Fantilli. Right. Only one of them gets ejected. Yeah, well, they, bo- they both should have been. They both should have been ejected because if you swing at a guy, you get ejected from a college hockey game with a DQ. So Michigan should have had an extra another five-minute major there because yeah. two guys are swinging at Fantilli and they just don't want to do it. No. And so they fuck up the Friday game so badly – that I'm sure Piotrowski is like, you're calling a non-matching <laughs> minor the first thing that happens after the whistle. And that's what they do. And guess what happens on Saturday? Michigan scores a power play goal? Well, on About Saturday, later. you don't have that kind of stuff going on after the whistle. And you no. don't have a, an eruption and ejection. Well, and what else do they do? They gave Joshua a 10-minute misconduct. Right. It had to be for skating through the crease. No, it wasn't. No, it was for say abusive officials. It was for abusive officials. It's the second time. Like both games you could hear it. You could hear it on the broadcast. Okay. Because uh-huh. the, the the referee didn't really turn on his mic correctly, but you could hear just a little bit of what he the, said. No, just like of officials oh, okay. is what he got. Told. Okay. So he got ejected from the Friday game for that, and then they gave him a misconduct in the Saturday game, which is uh, remarkable because – I don't know how Michigan hasn't picked up some of those. <laughs> well, <laughs> guess Steve Holtz did. So they ha- so all of that stuff happens on Friday, and then the second half of the game is more or less Michigan just hanging on. Right. They yeah. they give up goals. They get an empty Fantilli's netter. Fantilli's been ejected. Edwards yeah. has been ejected. They're down three of their top four. Yeah. So McGrady doesn't play for undisclosed reasons. Right. Obviously, Truscott and Casey I think still. Someone out. said he's sick. That he's got an illness. Okay. So you know they they do survive. Just weird game at Mun, and then Saturday, it's kind of back and forth. Um, but again, I mean, I wrote this in my breakdown of like, okay, you take Fantilli, McGordy, Casey, and Truscott off of this team, and now it's kind of even. So Michigan loses like close to half of their top ten-ish players, yeah. and now you can be like, okay, now you guys can play. It's like that should tell you the difference right. of between these two teams, and I and I'd even say that Saint Sears probably. You know, in some ways, a tick above Portillo. So they have that a bit well, of an I mean, advantage the, there. But the third goal on Saturday was just like, what are you doing? Yeah, he got lost. Like the he thinks the puck is on the other side of the ice and it goes five hole. He doesn't even drop into the butterfly. Right. And it's just like, but like, he does make like the save of the year on yeah. right at the beginning of that third period. I mean, where he's, he's big and he gets across and he does all that. Got stuff. his leg up and made and that. And everything else about him as a goalie is substandard. 
His rebound control Well, is it's poor. very different from last year. And Alex had that point. He's like, I don't understand who a, a goalie, and I forget what his save percentage it was. was 940 in the second yeah. half of last year. Goes to not being able to track or catch the puck. And that's that seems like there's a reason. That doesn't seem random I, to me. I don't know. His, but, I've, I've thought that he's got some flaws in his game even last year and didn't really. But Michigan. He's always been a little bit of a bouncy goalie. Like, he, he's been a little, yeah. Um, but Michigan kind of fights back. Because they're down 2-1 to one for about 20 seconds yeah. before Duke gets a nice tip-in goal. Takes the lead, again, on a Nazar, who haven't even, Frank, we haven't even mentioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Frank Nazar plays for the first time this year. And Friday is there, does a couple things, not overly noticeable. A few more things on Saturday. Well, the goal he scores is scores a 3-on-1. Nice on you know, St. Cyr comes out, he decides to shoot. But what he does right before he shoots is he changes the angle of the puck. Mm-hmm. He just moves it over, and then St. Cyr's already committed out of his net, can't get over. And that kind of thing is like, all right, yeah, that's that's a first-round pick. Well, and so then when you think about a full lineup, I mean, Nazer might be on the third line. I think. I mean, we'll see how the chemistry works out between I, players. I, I, that's but where I would put him because you got Fantilli and Samuskevich driving the first two lines, and maybe Nazer can drive the third one. Well, and he's not going to be facing the top two or three, or the top couple lines right. of opposing teams. He's got probably Hallam and Cicilline on his wings. Those guys can, they can do play. some things. Yeah. And, I mean, Hallam is fast, yeah. so he can keep up with them. And Ciccolini finds kind of dirty areas to go and, and scores goals. And, like, he's a good fit, I think, for a guy that you're trying to work back into the lineup. So, yeah. so I mean, if they can ever get healthy, like... Right. I mean, right I don't now, know if all of their defensemen will be healthy. We'll see how that goes. There's, we're running out of weeks, but yeah, so they uh, get, hopefully they get one of them back. Yeah, so Truscott and Casey going into next week are the only guys who will presumably be out if McGordy will be back. Right. So <clears throat> Michigan will finally have a full forward core. Yes. And uh, then it's just hopefully they can get a couple defensemen back. So I got to say, in the absence of all those guys this yeah. weekend, Jake Karen yes. stepped up. I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> Like, he is, I mean, yeah. So I've heard that, that they really like him defensively and especially on the penalty kill sort of all year. And he's sort of been on the third pair, seventh defenseman, moving around. I mean, you know, Michigan's lineup has been so fluid. But, you know, you're starting to see him make really solid, good plays yeah. in, in the zone. He doesn't contribute a ton offensively. Wait, he had that assist? He did have the one assist that. <laughs> he made a play this weekend, too. Right. But he's not a he's, he's not, not Luke, Luke Hughes, Hughes yeah. or Casey or Edwards right. or those kinds of guys. But like you know, he had plays where he's stuck in his own zone and and driving guys to the boards and taking away angles and moving the puck and like you know, in in a with a with a defensive core that is just running out of people and not many people can move anymore. So he, I mean, because we we saw Keaton Pearson struggle a little bit. Steve Holtz doesn't move the best, and so you get stuck. Because you can't get places, and Karenin's been—I mean, he was getting top four minutes and playing, holding his own pair. Yeah, I mean, I think they've bounced him between forward and, and defense for much of the, his career. His career, yeah. And I kind of feel like at this point, you just leave him on D. And well, this point, now you've Nazer back, yeah. Well, I mean, even so, like I think you leave him on D, and like he's one of your top six, easy. Like even if everybody's back. Uh, there's definitely an argument for that. If they're fully healthy, he's your sixth defenseman, yeah. Him or Luca. I mean, Luca Fantilli's been pretty good, too. And he's improved, I think, as the year has gone on. Yeah, I mean, Fantilli, Holtz, and, and Karen are probably pretty close for the third pairing. But just in terms of the guy who I felt 
most comfortable on the ice, not named Luke Hughes. It was, was Karen. Jay Karen. Yeah. yeah. So uh, speaking of Luke Hughes, uh, so the overtime, what, three on three, and Duke <laughs> takes just a, a ridiculous penalty, right? Like yeah. he has the puck, kind of goes backwards, gives it away, and then trips a guy, and you're like, man, this is, this is what was going to happen in this game after they didn't call the major. And, I mean, Michigan does another good job. I mean, that's the other thing is their penalty kill has been really good lately, especially against Michigan State, like on the weekend. I mean, Michigan State's penalty power play is not the strongest of all power plays. And the key thing is they get the puck to start that four-on-three, and they keep it for 30 seconds. Right. Mm -hmm. But they don't even really get a great look. I think Portillo had one save on on that overtime penalty kill, but they don't really generate anything out of four on three, which maybe to yeah. your point, Seth. <laughs> well, even a bad power play unit's going to be pretty good on four on three. Yeah. It should be. I right. mean, they, they killed 35 seconds of it by getting a two on one, deciding not to take the shot. <laughs> Just passing, passing it, it all back. the way back again. Which like, is what you do. Yep. People want to like take a, take a shot for a shorthanded goal. And in some situations, that's probably fine. But if you don't have anything, you just throw it back in your own I was end. So disappointed that the broadcast was not was not live. Like they, they were doing it from remote, so like they didn't have the crowd noise. Okay, because that was probably the biggest whoop 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 <laughs> all year. And then Luke Hughes, as seconds well, are ticking K- down, Karen shoots it wide and goes off the boards. Goes off the boards, and Hughes just has a gaping net and just flinks it in. And as the presence of mind to just try to get it on net, not think, you know, that the clock hasn't run out, and he does, and I don't know where St. Cyr was, but um, I, it's he just... He wasn't expecting that bounce, I guess. I mean, that's, you know, that's the LCA boards, man. They they yeah. purposely made sure that they were going to be bouncing, because that was like a feature of... That they Joe brought the joke. Well, they almost yeah. scored in the first period after, oh, after yeah. a puck, yeah. like, is rimming, kicks out in front of the net, mm-hmm. and I think it, it hopped, hopped over, over the stick. point stick or Moyle. Moyle. It was Moyle. Moyle. But, I mean, he was also on his backhand. So, I mean... You know, summing it all up, Michigan gets, what, five points this weekend? Yeah. And it would take, I think, either Penn State getting insanely hot or Michigan basically going 0 for maybe 1 and 3 down the stretch to, to lose the two seed. Minnesota well, they're, to Wisconsin. <laughs> they're four points clear of Ohio State. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're five points clear of Penn State, and Penn State only has two games left. Uh, Penn State has four games left. Notre Dame and Michigan State each have two. Oh, Okay. So Michigan's going to, for all intents and purposes, finish above those teams. So they're pretty much have home like, ice on right. unlock for the first round. But they're in great position for the two because they're plus five on Penn State, and Penn State um, has Minnesota, and then they get Wisconsin. And, and Ohio State has Michigan, right. and then Minnesota. So, so they're up against it, I Michigan think. Michigan finishes with... Two wins, I think. If Ohio they, if they State sp- and Notre Dame. Yes, and if they split with Ohio State, I mean, it would take Penn State basically sweeping. coming close to yeah. sweeping out. Yeah. You know, Minnesota still needs a point to, to seal this. Well, they, yeah. So technically, <laughs> I, mean, I guess point, if they so. <laughs> if they go over, I mean, I was I was looking at those days and just mentally flipping that sweep where Michigan had half their team out to a split, and you're just yeah. like, Ugh. I thought. Uh-huh. So speaking of that, do you know what Minnesota's record is this year? Uh, they're like f- fourteen and four in Big Ten. No, 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 just overall. Uh, twenty-three, nine and one. Not too bad. Twenty-one, eight and one. Do you know what Michigan's record is this year? Uh, twenty-nine and one. Yes. So one game. They are 
one game. I mean, if you have just all the games, they would be one game back of Minnesota in that time. I mean, so if we talk had about a great non-conference season. That was that's what well, purchasing their the whole league did. Like, yeah, but Minnesota, Wisconsin has good non-conference wins. <laughs> well, we thought they did. Yeah, Duluth sucks. Duluth is still five hundred. Okay, but they're like bottom twenty in pairwise, or were coming into the no, weekend. they're they're about thirtieth, so they're not great. But so maybe they've gotten better. But Wisconsin, so Wisconsin, <laughs> yeah, and I think that's like part of it is I think the Wisconsin is a little bit. Um, they look a lot worse because the Big Ten is actually coherent and good. Yeah. Whereas if you had teams another team or two i mean like notre dame's on the bubble right penn state's probably in michigan state's on the bubble so all six teams are in the top 16 now yes which is insane yes so wisconsin has no they don't get to play wisconsin that's not how hockey works so life (laughs) or life so you know they don't have an off weekend where if you had one or two teams that aren't on the verge of making the tournament you know their team their, their season probably isn't quite as bad Although neither, neither of us or all of us weren't really impressed with them when we saw them. So anyway, and Michigan is up to third and pairwise to finish up the whole thing. Yeah, and so they're approximate. They're twelve points behind Quinnipiac for the two spot. That's a lot to make up. Well, twelve points in the way that Brian now so views it. R- I'm multiplying RPI by a thousand because you don't want to use. I don't 12 want to say, of yeah, a point. It's just stupid. Mm. So they're 12 points behind Quinnipiac. They're four in front of BU. So they're much closer to falling back than moving forward. But that's true. They're moving. If they can maintain this spot, they may, they'll be in a bracket where they don't get Minnesota until the final if they are so fortunate to reach that final. Um, they and can't they get, fall back very far either, though. They can. You mean in pairwise? Like in pairwise, yeah. Penn I mean, State and Denver can both pass them. And there's a they can they could fall to seven or eight if they don't. They're going to be a two well. seed, I Saint think. St. Cloud and Western Michigan, so. at worst. So they they have, yeah, they're probably they're staying above WMU because they beat them. You would think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't one was one of those OT, OT though. One of them yeah. was OT. I don't know what on the road though. Yeah, I don't remember how the head to head gets handled in pairwise, but pairwise is basically just RPI these days. There's one switch in the top sixteen. Where like Michigan State is above one other team that would so Michigan has Ohio State Thursday Saturday right and Saturday Thursday is, is on BTN Plus I believe it's seven Saturday is at four on BTN right and then next week you'll have Friday Saturday Notre Dame at home and then you presumably things don't go really poorly you'll get Wisconsin in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. For right. best two out of three, and then hopefully you're hosting the semifinal. And then if you're two, you will be hosting the semifinal. Well, yes. I mean, if yeah, and and then you're rooting for, and then you're rooting for whoever the four or five winner is. I would guess yeah, or to, whatever, because then you get the home game for. Then the you final. get the home game for the final. Hey, remember when they used to play these in totally empty arenas? It's <laughs> gotten better, and actually, they've been doing this for. Since 2016, I think this is the fourth. 2016 year. or 17 is when yeah. they started to do this. I, don't, I still understand why the semi and final aren't best two out of three, too, because more hockey is better than less hockey. Uh, probably because it goes up right against the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to get your teams exhausted right before they're... No, 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 no. I mean uh, the basketball NCAA tournament. Oh, okay. Uh, well... I don't know. To me, if you get you can sell it on another game, you might as well sell it on another game, but I guess it doesn't That's, matter. 
That's fair. So as disappointed as you are about basketball, hockey had that much of an encouraging weekend. Well, yeah. I mean, there there was seven straight now. Well, it's really funny. Like last year, they're what? Presumably the best team in the country or like they go throughout the year and they're the overall one seed and it's not it's not clear all year, but you're kind of like, yeah, that's basically what it is. And now they're three. <laughs> right. They're, After losing. They're three. All of those guys. And they've had like they've all the injuries. Beset. Yeah, beset. They have been beset by plagues. <laughs> Amongst other things. Literal plays. Targeting yeah. shots, broken guys, yeah. ejections. They, they're missing a plagues. top 15 draft pick for almost the entire year. Their goalie is pretty wonky. And mm. I mean, he's a, what is he, the 909 now? That's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, in that sense, but he's been playing in front of who knows what for. I don't necessarily think that the quality of opposition shots is 909 level. But anyway. Okay. Um,. They had some bad puck luck early in the season. I'm, I'm thinking of a few goals early, like, whatever. It's... I mean, there was one of the Michigan State games where he batted a puck that was not going – that Off was not a shot helmet. on goal mm-hmm. into the goal. Off his own helmet. And anyway, so they've they've managed to persevere through all this. They just mostly swept a weekend against Michigan State where Fantilli played half a game. Yeah. And they were down two of their top defensemen and three for a chunk of the – the first game. So they've, they've really not just like hung on, but they've shot up the rankings late in the year. They still struggle to close games, as we found out yeah, yesterday. And there are, there are extraneous reasons. I'm not saying that there aren't, but they still do struggle to sometimes get to the finish line. Yeah, so they, they do have this mode where they're like, all right, we got to be defensively responsible, and they can't balance it out, right? They're either fire wagon hockey or they're in a shell. Yeah. And that's something that they need to figure out. But they're they're a Kentucky basketball team, right? Where like everyone's getting to know each other early in the season. They progress much more quickly than other teams because they're so young. And by the end of the team, they're just on end of the season. They're just on fire. Like this well, is, some Kentucky basketball teams. Yeah, but like <laughs> you get you except get it's the everybody inverse. back, or you get most of these guys back for the NCAA's, and it's. I mean, I no mean, it's, that's where it game. sucks that it's just a single elimination because yeah. you you take a fully loaded Michigan team and you put them in this tournament and you be like, you find me a team outside of maybe Minnesota that beats them twice. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be like, you're lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that it's single elimination. So everybody can win, right? Union gets to be national champions. Isn't that a feel good story? No, and Yale. Yale's like one of the worst programs in in Michigan State. Michigan State. Speaking of Michigan State, we should move on to the fourth segment. All right. We're going to move on to the fourth segment. This is Matt Demrest, the owner of Homeshare Lending. We're a local mortgage company here to help you purchase with confidence and refinance with ease. People don't get mortgages very often, so it can be confusing. We'll break down every single line item so that it all makes sense. And at the end of the day, if we're not giving you the best deal, we'll tell you to go with the other company. We're here to offer our simple mortgage guidance. This is Seth Fisher from MGO Blog. Over the years, we've sent dozens of readers to use Homeshare Lending, and every review that's come back has been raving. I myself used them to refinance after doing our original loan through our bank. I was amazed how much smoother the process was for our company. 
complicated loan. Try and use them. You should use them too. Finding out whether it makes sense or not to refinance or getting pre-approved to buy a new home is easy. Head over to homesurelending.com. That's H-O-M-E-S-U-R-E lending.com slash mgoblog to find out more. Or call us at 734-531-9950. That's 734-531-9950. I've got two of my favorite people here with me. Kind of an annual tradition. Cooper and Colby. Cooper, how old are you? 11. Colby, how about you? Nine. Can I get a Go Blue? Go Blue! NMLS number 1161358, equal housing lender. Want the perfect game day outfit? Underground Printing has unique, great-fitting U of M apparel and officially licensed apparel from legendary Michigan names like Woodson, Howard, Eufer, and more. UGP also specializes in custom printed apparel and promotional items for groups, events, and businesses. Whether you need one shirt as a gift or 1,000 shirts for a charity walk, Underground can customize almost anything for groups large or small. To learn more, visit Underground Printing in one of our three convenient locations around Ann Arbor or online at undergroundshirts.com. If you want to see where our post-game podcast happens, or if you need a spot to land in Ann Arbor, check out 4M, Prentice Partners' beautiful brand-new flagship property at 830 Henry Street in Lower Burns Park and across the bridge from the Big House. Their 11 spacious six-bedroom, six-bath suites feature state-of-the-art digital capabilities and are laid out for comfortable, efficient collaboration. You can also rent a 4M unit for shorter stays, say if you want to come to town for a football weekend. I want to add myself that they're also taking over Lucky's. We're really excited about their plans for that space. So if you're by the stadium, swing by 830 Henry or visit Prentice4M.com. In southeastern Michigan, the yearly cost for a nursing home averages approximately 100000 It doesn't have to, though. Reed McCarthy founded Ann Arbor Elder Law after handling a tricky situation for his own family. Years of experience later, his boutique firm works with clients across southeast Michigan dealing with Medicaid planning, long-term care, and tax, disability, and family law, not to mention family dynamics. If you have a family member who may need that level of care, or if you're ready to start your own estate plan, Reed can give you a plan for the future. Visit AnnArborElderLaw.com or call 734-945-9693. That's 734-945-9693. gimmicky top five things that are not Michigan State's fault. Not Michigan State's fault that Jagger Joshua yelled at a ref so much he got kicked out of two games. Can't read all of your list now, yeah. Brian. No, it's just like, this is like, this is That's not how this works. Not my fault, university. It's not my fault that things got heated in the tunnel at Michigan because the tunnel is bad. It's just like, this. Is, I didn't do any of this. The things that I did. Seth, give me your number five. 
My number five, first of all, it was really hard to find things that are like not Michigan State's fault. Because so I'm like, Brian Ferentz, that can't be his fault. <laughs> no! <laughs> that actually is their fault. Because How is... the last time they played, they gave up like 49 points to Iowa. Oh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, in a fake season. But... Yeah, but... But, like, the uh, years before that, when Ferentz was in the OC, they give up, like, 13, 12, 10 points. And when, then, they, when they went deep once yeah. in the 2015 Big Ten Championship game, scored a touchdown, yeah. and then never did it again. And then I was like, you know, this year's basketball team, like, no, because, you know, we would have lost Hunter Dickinson to the NBA, except the NBA doesn't take guys who aren't switchable. Why? Because of Draymond. So I couldn't even use that one. So, so do you have five? Number five is procrastination. Michigan, Michigan is the best at procrastination. Everyone who went to Michigan yeah. is the best at, like, just putting it off, putting it off, and just, like, ripping it up, like, literally waiting to the last second. Is this a Ward Manual joke? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be. <laughs> it works for that, too. I mean, it was – it's – we didn't even mention during the hockey segment, the last second that Hughes scores in, like, that's inside true. the last second. Yeah, we did mention. Zero point six. Fine. 0.6 seconds. That's waiting to the last second. Michigan State just doesn't turn in the assignment. That's right. the – so Michigan's been doing this with basketball every year. We've been doing it with hockey every year. They just they wait till the end of the season, and it's like, oh god, we have to get a whole bunch of quad one wins, or we have to like you know win this series and that series. We always put procrastinate. That's not state's fault. Dave, you're number five. Okay, so I outsourced mine to Brian Mack yeah, because that's sensible. He is smart, the deity at this. Funny. Yeah. All right. So number five from Brian Mack: participation trophy culture. As a protest, Michigan State doesn't hold any of their trophies <laughs> currently. They lost the megaphone to Notre Dame in 2017. They lost the Brass Spittoon, the Land Grant Trophy, Paul Bunyan, and the Iron D this year. Well, technically they didn't have the Iron D, but right. they, they also didn't nothing. win it. Though they still have the Situation Trophy, so it may be time to actually construct that. Brian, are you on it? Uh, I, does anyone have a 3D printer? We have a guy. We had a, a rivalry trophy. We have a we had a, like an old sponsor who literally makes trophies for a living. Oh my god! We got to get him on this. Yeah, we got to get him on it. All right, my number five is the weird signs at Mun. I mean, technically that's Michigan State students. The weird fo- signs. So they had like signs. Oh, like, the the ones yeah. that students make. Yeah, like oh, Truscott yeah. likes mommy milkers or something. <laughs> was, I don't remember what it was. Is horse Truscott girl. is a horse girl. Fantilly Which, goes to restaurants. <laughs> right. <laughs> but what are we doing here? <laughs> what? What? Well, isn't that their fault? No, no, no. Like the athletic department's fault. Oh, so like they, well, we they, don't can't prove that. Well, I mean, they might have said, "Hey, we need some signs. Just there's, write something." There's no way that. Oh, I could, I shouldn't say there's no way <laughs> when we're talking about the Michigan State athletic department. I, it's I can't imagine they they weren't corporate enough. They weren't like Jan and John Munn are good corporate citizens or whatever. It's no stop it, stop it. You guys got this wrong on the thing too. It's Clarence Biggie Munn. That's what? who they're naming after. Their fo- their great football coach, no. who was it? it it's, yes. they just named after him. It's it's named after Biggie Munn. There's literally a sign on the boards that says like Jan and John Munn Arena, because they probably like no. Maybe. It's, it's named after Biggie, right? No, I no? don't think it is. I thought someone shot Biggie. That's a different Biggie. Oh, Michigan State was not responsible for that either. Michigan Seth, you're number four. What it should have. That's what you're. Global warming. <laughs> what? They're a little bit responsible for global warming. Nope. They got they got a lot of cows <laughs> that produce methane. That's uh, they are you carbon pro- neutral. You According to their methane. website, Michigan State has been carbon neutral since 2020. They since 2020. Yes. Well, they, everyone's been trying to get there right now. 
they were the first university to sign the uh, the carbon pact with, uh-huh. uh, with the president. And they've been developing crops that eat up more carbon dioxide so that, like, actually growing crops will will improve the situation. Well, that already happens. So I, I went to their website to, like, find good things about Michigan State, and that's Why the only you, one that's – Dave, you're number four. <laughs> Brian's like – this is this is this he's is, getting angry. It's very hard to find things that are not Michigan State's fault, really. The Big Ten's mediocre NCAA hockey tournament results because they haven't made the tournament since the Big Ten started playing hockey. <laughs> All right, my number four is the state of Big Ten officiating. I did not. Well, I don't know. I did not specify a sport. <laughs> well, no, man. I mean, Tom Izzo is a reason why they are responsible. Because he just gets angry and steals, kidnaps the official's children. And I'm like, you know what's going to happen if you don't give me that call? Yeah, he is the biggest ref baiter in the entire Big Ten. Or the entire Mel Tucker's sport. been mostly under control in terms of like no, ref loses, yelling. I mean, he loses it on the sideline, oh, but it doesn't yeah. really work. Yeah. He just looks like super angry. Right, Seth, you're number three. People who go 35 in a 45 mile an hour zone. <laughs> what? <laughs> This happens all the time to me. It happens on, like, Washtenaw coming here all the what? time. Is this why you were late? People – this is part of the reason I was a little <laughs> okay. bit late. There's always there's – some, for some reason, in 45-mile-per-hour zones, so many cars go for, uh, 35. But you know who doesn't? People with state on their license plate. I never see a state fan do it. I see Michigan fans do it all the freaking time. That's and on my side of the – So they're poor drivers? Michigan, Michigan fans are just State not fans are late for drivers. their parole hearings. That's what they are. <laughs> I had a very hard time with this. One. I'm like ducking because I don't. Dave, want. you're number three. The crash in the crypto market. Oh God damn it! They've was... continued to do their part by pouring money into it. <laughs> that was also my number three. I was going to be, uh, but I was more specific about the NFTs because, like, the one use for an NFT is like I want to give this person money for plausibly deniable reasons. It's for crime and college football recruiting. It's the one use case, but Michigan Isn't State. that redundant? Not anymore. <laughs> well. Seth, you're number two. At least that are reportable. It was the NFTs, sorry. Oh. <laughs> well, that shot around. I particularly went and said tuck NFTs, but. Tuck NFTs. Yeah. Dave, you're number two. The shoddy handling of classified documents. MSU has managed to keep their Ishbia-related secrets super secure. <laughs> <laughs> because they've been denying FOA requests that are clearly FOA requests. So they, Mel Tucker's contract took like a year to get out because Michigan State was embarrassed that Ashiba didn't pay for all of Ishbia. it. Who cares? I grew up with him. I have no intention of getting that guy's name correct ever. I mean, that could be said about many names. Uh, my number two is Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, that's Indiana's fault. Okay. Well, cause it, Which Isaiah Thomas? The Shbib- first one or the second one? Spibblebob. Uh, bought the Suns or something, and then it was immediately rumored that he was going to hire Isaiah Thomas to be his GM. And then he was like, nope. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, he's got a lot of money. He can't be that dumb. No, he's not. To hire Isaiah Thomas for a second time. Like, only one person is that dumb, and that's James, James Dolan. Dolan. Seth, you're number one. You actually ruined it for me. <laughs> James Dolan? No. <laughs> My number one, I thought you were going to forget the sponsors I wasn't going to mention, and I'd be like, Brian, always forgetting the sponsors, but you didn't this time. I, I, thought, I, was, I thought I was so set up. I'm like, it's perfect. We're not going to say anything. He's going to get this far into the podcast, and then he'll have forgotten. I'll be like, ha, we'll, I got you. We'll have to go back and edit them in. <laughs> oh. Not this time. I, I had a very hard time coming up with this. I'm like, this one's a lock. Dave, you're number one. 
Wage stagnation. Worker wages haven't increased much in re- recent years, but no one has done more to get his colleagues paid than Mel Tucker. Setting the bar at a 23-21 and 21 record as head coach is worth $9.5 million per year guaranteed for a decade has been fantastic for other coaches negotiating salaries. Workers of the world, unite! That's not true. He's, he's a CEO. CEO pay has been going up like crazy. So Michigan State is responsible huh. for this. All right, Brian Mack. You go fight Brian Mack. <laughs> who drive did us a solid. And you're like, did screw me. you, bro. Did Dave a solid. I could have used the help. Look at my five. This is, this is <laughs> figured out asking the person to do the best job. Should have asked, you should have asked Brian to do this. in a ringer. We got we to gotta establish like the eligibility requirements for oh, the top five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number one is helmet testing. It's not their fault. It's not their fault that helmets don't work because they test them. They swing them at anything. <laughs> rocks, people, human rocks, bones. rock people, rock people's people. heads. Well, they swing bones at helmets. Actually. A Michigan State helmet is tested. You can't, you can't, can't find a non-helmet tested. tested test. They wear them for their pregame walk even. Oh, yeah. They got, they got helmets on and... They got Devin Bush trying to kill a grandma. That's what the story was. There was like they're like they were like, oh, Devin Bush was so mad after that thing. He tried to murder this old lady who was on the sideline. I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's. I was going to say, I mean, do are people storing their grandmas at like the fifty yard line? Just, she, she works that, on the yes, grass or something. Yes, that is where, where, we, where we put that's grandmas. Where Izzo that's where Izzo hides like his, his players' parents. And, and Bush almost found them. They've been buried under the fifty yeah. yard line. <laughs> buried. And and Bush almost found like the container of grandmas. Oh, God. This is even more morbid than you get sometimes. I I'm not morbid at all. They're not dead. They're they're, they're alive underground. Yes, they they have like a little underground room that they built to like store everybody's grandmas, so that they have to stay. It's at Michigan like Michigan State, State Omelas. I don't know what that means. There's a short story by Ursula K. Le Guin called "The Ones Who Walk Away from Omelas." I wonder why we didn't get this one. Is an Omelas is a, a perfect city, but. When you turn like 16, you go and they show you the room where one child is kept in perfect misery. And that's why the city is so great. And some people are just like, I'm out. And they walk away. And that's the short story. It's very famous. How many people do you think are still listening? Lots. <laughs> I, w- I would guess that a large percentage of the people who listen to sports podcasts and know what an omelis is are in this room. <laughs> No, I, one. It's a very, it's a we fa- a, it's very I, we fa- have, two. We have a certain kind of readership. Google it, and you'll be like, "Wow, a lot of people know about this, but I don't." And then you will feel tremendous shame, which means I will be really happy that I don't. Know. I do know. If I if I had known, I'd have a better gimmicky top five list. Well, wonders never cease. That doesn't make any sense. All right, this podcast has ceased. It's over. Go away. You're listening to the MGO Podcast. I'm Seth Fisher. We're with Brian Cook and Brian McKenzie. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs>